So I'm going to do a little something different today. It's not actually much of a sermon at all, which the production team tells me every week is pretty much true. But hey, um, today is definitely true. I'm going to do something a little different, and I'll tell you about that in just a minute and why I'm doing it. But before I do, I want to talk to you about next week. I'm really excited about next week for a couple of reasons. So I want to take a minute and let you know what's coming up because you are not aware I'm sure you have a life. Why would you track these things? You are not aware, but next week marks our 14th birthday as a church, and we're pretty excited. Yeah, hey, thank you. Thank you. First service, yawn. So you're my favorite service today. Congratulations. Yeah, we're really excited about that. For one, we've survived 14 years. We're going into eighth grade or whatever that is. That's going to be interesting. But but the other reason that's uh, fun is because it's a reminder for all of us, and we're going to talk more about this starting next week. It's a reminder for all of us of why we do what we do and what, as a church and what really matters to us. So first of all, you need to know next week we're going to celebrate. We've got a little surprise. Well, it's not going to be a surprise because I'm going to tell you because you showed up on a Labor Day weekend. Congratulations. So, so you get the inside scoop. Next week, next week, here's what we're going to do to celebrate. We're bringing in all shucks gourmet popcorn for everybody. So, yeah, you have had it, clearly. So we, we brought this into the Global Leadership Summit, and it was such a huge hit. So this is gourmet popcorn with all kinds of different flavors you've never tried before. It is phenomenal. You're thinking, uh, popcorn at 930, that's too early. No, 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 it's not too early for this kind of popcorn. So, so we will have it ready for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can get some when you get here you know, on your way out, either one. So we'll celebrate with that. That'll be a blast. But the other reason I'm really excited about next week it's because of a series I'm kicking off that I've been working on for a while now. And to be honest with you, this is a series I wrote with a lot of you in mind, with a lot of you in mind. And the reason I did that is because I want this, and I think this is going to be incredibly helpful for a lot of you. The series is called Come and See, so I would love for you to come and see next week what we're going to talk about. But the thing about this series is this. Um, let me tell you who it's for. for those, it is for those of you who um, you just don't believe you're just not sure, you got all these doubts, you're skeptical. I think this series is going to be really helpful for you. It's going to be helpful for those of you who you believe in God, um, but this Jesus thing is really hard for you to embrace. You may even love this church. I hear this a lot. You love this church. You're engaged here. You're serving here. You're giving here. You, you know, you believe in God. That's all good. You find this so, so helpful. But when it comes down to Jesus and what am I going to do with Jesus, it just makes you a little uncomfortable and you tend to resist or to pause or not want to explore that, I think you're going to find this series very helpful. This series is going to be really, really helpful for those of you who have refused to fully embrace Jesus because of one thing that he said you just can't get around, and it's actually a very valid reason for you to resist. Jesus made this statement that he is the only way to have a relationship with God. Not a good way. He said he is the only way and for you, you're like, that is just not fair, and that's not right, and I can't believe that, and so it causes you to you know, pump the brakes a little bit. I get that. We're going to talk about that. I think you're going to find it really helpful because we're going to tackle that and just address that directly one week in this series. And then this series is going to be really helpful for all of you who are like me. You grew up in church. You've been around it for most of your life. But it was presented to you, and I'm not blaming you. It wasn't your fault. It was just presented to you that, yes, Having a relationship with God and following Jesus, it's about grace, but it's grace and. It's about grace, but really what it's about is following religious rules and keeping a code of morality and embracing this belief system. And as long as you, you got grace, great, but you also need to make sure you do all this, and if you don't, you should feel really guilty about it. But as long as you will do it, then God's going to be pretty happy with you. 
And so you spent your whole life with this tension and this struggle of, you know, oh, my goodness, I'm supposed to obey, but I don't really want to obey. And who obeys? You know, it just, just feels so strange. So, so for all of us who have felt that way, for all of us who have felt like following Jesus is like a big game of Simon Says, and if you screw it up, you know, then you're in trouble. For, for all of us, I think this series is going to be incredibly helpful. It's called Come and See. So I hope next week you will be here. We're going to spend the rest of September going through this series. I hope you will commit to be here for the whole series because I wrote this with a lot of you in mind, and I think for many, many of you, this is going to be the turning point. This is going to be, and I hear this sometimes from people, I think this may be the most important series we do all year, and I think this may be the kind of series that a few years down the road, you look back and you go, everything in terms of how I view God and my relationship with him, it all changed in that series. That is my prayer. And that is my hope. And I also tell you this because so many of you are great at uh, inviting. You're just phenomenal inviters. And you're like me. You have friends who aren't really church people or Christians or they're resistant or they're losing their faith right now. And they're starting to walk away and they're just about to give up on it. You got friends like me like that. And this is the perfect series to invite them to. So I'm going to do this this week. I hope you will do this this week. Look at somebody that you care about, it's somebody that you know, and just invite them to come with you, and let's all come with somebody next Sunday. I promise you, they are going to find it helpful. So, that's what's coming up next week. Today, as I said, I'm doing something a little different, and this isn't really a series or a sermon at all. I decided, you know what, we're between series. I just want to do something I don't get a chance to do very often. So, if you're new around here, what you need to know is we typically teach in series. We'll take one big idea, one big topic, and we'll explore it for a few weeks and we're going to start that next week and normally what I do is I take a story from scripture or I'll take a passage from scripture and we'll just walk through it and we'll find what the big idea is out of that story or passage and then we'll talk about why it's practical and how we can apply it but I'm not doing any of that this week okay instead what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you five wishes so there's not one idea there are five different ideas and not all five of these ideas will apply to all of you and not all five of these ideas will land with all of you but I think at least one of them will probably land with all of us. And the reason I wanted to do this is because I just don't get an opportunity very often to sit down and have conversations where, you know, I, I can't do it with everybody who comes, not everybody who comes wants to. But when I sit down with people and I have conversations over coffee or whatever about what's going on in their life and the questions they have, there are some themes that tend to come up. And I always find myself talking about one of about five different things. And I thought, you know what? I'd just love to sit down and talk to you today. You know, it's Labor Day weekend. It's between series. Let me, just, let me just talk today. So it's not really much of a sermon. It's just me sharing. Here are some things that for those of you who attend here, for all of you who are here today, I would wish these things for you. And I'm going to try to explain to you why I wish this is true. And then as I said, I think there's probably one of them that's going to land with you. And I hope you'll take whatever that one thing is and you'll walk out of here and actually do something with it. All right. So let me just jump right in. Out of all the things I wish for you, the first thing I would say is this. I wish that you would take a courageous step of faith that costs you something. I wish you would take a courageous step of faith that costs you something. By that I mean I wish that you would at some point step out of your comfort zone into the unknown in order to follow Jesus and what he's asking you to do. And it will cost you something. It will require some sacrifice. And none of us want to do this because of fear. But I wish you would do it. Now, I'm not saying that you should uh, manufacture this. I'm not saying you should make up a thing. Well, I think I'll do that and then see what God. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying this isn't even something that's every day. But every now and then, 
your heavenly father comes along and he taps on your heart. He taps on my heart. He says, hey, I want you to follow me in this way. And we know the minute he does it. Oh, no, 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 I can't do that. That makes no sense because the minute I step out and try to do that, that's bigger than what I can do on my own. And he says, yeah, that's the whole point. That will force you to trust me. So I want you to take a courageous step of faith or a courageous step of trust. And yeah, it's going to cost you something, but you're also going to have to trust me. You're going to have to move beyond what you know you can do on your own and try to follow me somewhere that is bigger than you and will force you to depend on me. And whenever that happens, we typically go, nope, too scared, nope, doesn't make sense, nope, I don't want to go there, and we resist. But we miss a lot when we resist. So I wish you would take a courageous step of faith or courageous step of trust. It costs you something. We talked about this in January, but we're about two-thirds of the way through the year. And some of you, if you've been with us since January, you're two-thirds of the way through the year, and you still haven't taken a step that your Heavenly Father maybe is asking you to take. And let me tell you one of the things that's costing you. It is costing you a life that is better, relationships that are richer, and a faith that is more exciting. See, what you're experiencing, if you're not doing this, I'll tell you, you're experiencing a faith that is incredibly boring. To you following Jesus or to you being a Christian or whatever terminology you would use, it's about, okay, well, you come to church and you can come to church and you kind of go through the motions and do the deal. But quite honestly, there's nothing exciting about it. There's nothing exhilarating about it. It is just boring to you. And here's what I want you to know. If following Jesus is boring to you, you are doing it wrong. Now, it may not be your fault because it may be this is how it was presented to you and you just don't know any different. If you've been here for a while, it's my fault because clearly I haven't made it simple and clear enough for you to know what this means. But it should be anything but boring. Because when you step out of your comfort zone into the unknown and you say, okay, God, I'm willing to trust you and follow you here even though this is bigger than me and this is beyond what I can do. Oh, well, it's not boring anymore. It's not boring anymore. The minute you do that, your faith becomes really, really deep. You ever heard somebody say, I just, I just need something deeper. This is what you need that's deeper, okay? I have people every now and then say to me, Matt, I just feel like I need something deeper. And when they say that, they don't realize they're telling me a lot about their faith. What they think they're saying is, Matt, you need to be deeper. And they, what they mean by deeper is, you just need to talk about stuff that most people don't talk about and most people can't understand. So if you could confuse us all a little bit, then I'd feel really good because it's deeper because that's what some of us grew up in, right? Or, hey, Matt, talk about something that nobody else knows and then I'll have knowledge most people don't have and I'll just I'll feel deeper. No, 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 that, that's not deeper. Deep is when you're in over your head. That's what deep means. Deep is when you can't touch bottom. And I'll tell you when you get in over your head and you can't touch bottom. It's when you take a courageous step of faith that costs you something. It's when God's asking you to do something you know you can't do on your own, but you say, okay, I'm going to try anyway, and I've just got to, here's how much I can do, but oh my goodness, I've got to get to there, so I'm trusting you to make up the difference with me. I'm telling you, the minute you do that, you will not live your Christian life from the standpoint or perspective of all the, well, I should, I should, I should. You know, I should read my Bible and pray, and I should go to church, and I shouldn't, I should, no, no, no. All of that will be gone because the minute you step out and you do something that forces you to depend on God, you won't have to be motivated to read your Bible and pray or come to church. You'll be doing all of those things because you're like, I can't take my eyes off of God because if I do, I'm going to drown because I'm in too deep. I am in over my head and I need him. You're going to depend on him and everything's going to become way more exciting for you. So if you feel like you're 
your life, your faith, your relationship with God is boring right now, it's probably because you're not taking any courageous steps of faith that will cost you something. You, you haven't taken a step with no guaranteed outcome. That's what this looks like. So for some of you, this may not be true for everybody, because again, these don't come every day. These just come at different points in our lives. But for some of you, your Heavenly Father's been tapping on your heart going, you need to take that step. And you have been resisting because you're afraid, or you have been resisting because of what it will cost you. But you need to take the step. Maybe it's to take the step and go on the mission trip. People keep talking to you about it. It keeps coming up. And you have no problem writing a check and supporting other people. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. But you've never actually gone. That'll cost you something. That scares you a little bit. And you need to load up and go to a third world country or wherever it is and do that mission trip. For some of you, it is to have the conversation you have been avoiding for months or maybe years. To have the conversation with your mom or your dad or your son or your daughter that the relationship is strained. Maybe it's an estranged relationship entirely. And you're thinking, oh, no, no, I can't do that. But your Heavenly Father just keeps tapping on your heart going, no, you need to go have that conversation. You, you need to address some things. You need to try to make that right. For some of you, it may be to volunteer here. And every time you come, you feel like you go, I wish you would stop talking about volunteering, but I don't actually talk about volunteering every week. That's your Heavenly Father tapping on your heart every time going, you need to get involved. You need to give a little bit of your time for somebody besides yourself. And you keep avoiding it. And you just need to pull out your phone right now and go to our app and click on connect and put in your info and say, I want to volunteer. For some of you, it is to volunteer by investing in the next generation here. And you haven't done it, and here's why you haven't done it. You keep telling yourself, I can't connect with them. I'm too old. I can't connect with them. Or I don't know, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. No, no. It's, that's the whole point. You may not know enough. You may not be able to feel like you can connect with them on your own. But if your Heavenly Father keeps tapping on your heart, you need to do it. And trust Him to help you learn what you need to learn. And trust Him to help you connect in a way that you can connect. Yeah, but middle school boys, they just scare me to death. Okay, that's fine. But if your Heavenly Father's tapping on your heart. Well, elementary kids, well, high school girls, I know. But if your Heavenly Father's tapping on your heart, you need to do it. For some of you, it's to get in a small group. For some of you, it may be to change careers or to leave a job. It scares you to death. But he keeps tapping on your heart to do it. For some of you, it may be to get out of a dating relationship. And you think, yeah, but I don't know. No, no, you just need to do it. For some of you who are married, it may be to go to marriage counseling. You have been avoiding that because it scares you to death. You need to go. It may be to move out or to move away for some of you. I don't know what this looks like. And it doesn't apply to everybody probably, but for some of you, you may be in a season right now where your Heavenly Father just keeps saying, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, come on. Follow me out of your comfort zone into the unknown. And once you know what he wants you to do, once you know you got to go, once you know you got to go, and here's why. Here's why I want this so much for you. Because when your little bitty faith, you're going, well, I, I don't really trust, and I don't, I'm so scared, and I don't think God will, okay, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. You don't think God will come through, that's fine. If your little bitty faith, if you just have enough faith to go, in spite of the fact that I don't think God's going to come through, and in spite of the fact that the numbers don't add up, and in spite of the fact that I don't think this will work out, okay, I'm just going to follow it anyway. 
If you would just do that, if you would just take your little bitty faith and let it intersect with God's great big faithfulness, you know what would happen? He will become personal to you in a way you have never experienced before. Because there are some things you can only learn and experience about God once you've taken a step of trust. And you will not know what you missed if you stay in your comfort zone. Your faith, though, it will not be boring. It will be growing. You remember last week, if you are here last week, I talked about how not all decisions have equal impact. Well, this is one of those deals. When you take a courageous step of faith that costs you something, it propels and accelerates you down the road in terms of your relationship with your Heavenly Father. Because you experience some things when your little bitty faith intersects with His faithfulness that you cannot learn about God any other way. But you will not be bored anymore. You will not be going through the motions. You will be leaning in because you will be in deep over your head. And you will be looking for him and depending on him every single moment. Some of you, my wish for you is you would take that step. Here's the second wish I would have. I wish you would know the thrill of helping someone choose to follow Jesus. Now here's what I mean by that. I wish you would have a moment one Sunday... When we're getting ready to do baptisms, like we do so often, we're getting ready, we're going to have baptisms next week and a couple weeks later. So if you haven't taken that step, you should take it. We'd love to talk to you about that. But I would love for you to be sitting here one week. You know how we show the, the videos where people tell their story before we baptize them? I wish you would be watching one of those videos one time, and you would hear that person say, thank you to you. Thank you to you because you were willing to invite them to church. Or thank you to you because you were willing to go to lunch with them and listen to all their doubts and, you know, talk things through with them. Or thank you to you because you were the person who was leading the starting point group that helped them process all the questions they had. But I wish you would have a moment where you knew huh, it was just a small role, but I played a little role in that person's story and in what God is doing in their life. I'm telling you, there is nothing quite as personal and emotional and thrilling as that. I wish... If you want to know the truth, I wish you would be able to see our church through the eyes of someone who's never been here before and who isn't a church person. And some of you, you've experienced this. You know exactly what I'm about to describe. But I wish you would walk in one week with somebody standing next to you, a friend, that you have invited and you know they're not a big fan of church, they're scared of going to church, they're skeptical about church, or is guy a buddy of mine i've talked to a few weeks ago i hate church you know he just said i hate church i wish i wish i wish you would walk in one day with somebody like that who's a friend of yours because let me tell you what's going to happen you're going to experience everything we do as a church differently all of a sudden it will make sense in ways it's never made sense before because i have done this just like some of you have done this and and here's what happens you will immediately the moment they tell you they're coming you will immediately, your mind will go to, oh my gosh, I hope everything is just right on Sunday. I hope those guest services volunteers are there and they're friendly, but not too friendly because they're an introvert, so I don't want them to overwhelm them, but I want them to be friendly enough and them to feel at home, you know. All of a sudden, it matters exactly what they're doing, and you hope the check-in goes so smooth, and those people are so nice, and the, you know, if they've got kids, oh, I hope the kids love it and they feel comfortable and they have a blast, and all that will matter. And you hope the band plays just the songs that, you know, you think will connect best with them. But you don't want to play too long because then they'll get bored. So just play, you know, just not too little, but not too much, just right. And then you're hoping that I don't blow it. I get these texts on Saturday night often. 
hey, I got one this week, actually. I got a text, hey, so-and-so's coming. I'm so excited. And the implication was, don't screw it up, Matt. And I get it. I get it. And I'm like, I'm doing my best, but I can't promise. You know, I'm doing my best. But I get that. I get that. Because I feel the same way. I, when I've got friends here, I'm standing back there going, looking at myself going, don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. So I, I totally understand that. I totally understand that. But you will see everything differently. You will. You'll see everything differently. And one of the things that I love about our church is that every Sunday here is someone's first Sunday. We never have a week go by. We don't have new people here. So every week I know this, there's some of you who are experiencing that through the eyes of a friend because you've invited them and they've shown up. So every Sunday matters, every Sunday. But if you would have that experience and then you would see their life change and their relationship with God grow, I'm telling you, the thrill of knowing you got to play a little part in that life change would be phenomenal. So for some of you, maybe your next step needs to be there's somebody you have not been inviting you need to invite. Or there's somebody that you need to look at, a friend, and say, hey, you want to go through starting point together? I'll just go through it with you. I don't know what that looks like for you. Here's what I do know, and this is why I bring this up. You are not where you are by accident. And what I mean by that is you don't work where you work, go to school where you go to school, live where you live, interact with the people you interact with on accident. You are where you are for a reason. God has placed you where you are with a purpose and for a purpose. And part of that purpose is there are people you interact with who do not know that, he is for, that God is for them, and they do not know and have never experienced his forgiveness and his grace. And so God put you right where he put you because he thought, you know what? Maybe they'll be able to see and experience a little bit of it through them. And I'll use them to invite them to know how much I care about them. And so you need to pay attention. Some of you need to look around, and some of you, you need to take a step and make an invitation. All right, third wish I have for you is this one. I wish you would experience the freedom, joy, and peace that comes from managing your finances by the give, save, live method. Now, if you've been around here for very long, you're like, oh my gosh, she talks about this all the time. Yes, I do. I have been talking about this for 14 years. Why? Because some of you still aren't doing it. That's why, okay? And here's why I'm so motivated to talk about it. It's because of these three words I highlight at the beginning. Freedom, joy, and peace. This is what I want you to experience. And there is no way to experience freedom, joy, and peace unless you figure out how to order your financial world and manage what you have the way God invites you to manage it. It's the only way that you get freedom. Freedom from your stuff controlling you. And instead, you get to enjoy your stuff. It's the only way you get joy. I'm not talking about happiness. Happiness is often momentary. No, no. I'm talking about joy, which is independent of your circumstances. Because you know how a person develops joy? Through generosity. It is the only way. And your heart is not naturally generous. Neither is mine. Our hearts are naturally greedy. And greed leads to misery and discontentment. That has been proven throughout human history. Generosity is the only way that you experience joy. And then I want you to experience peace. And peace comes from having margin. And then peace results in you being happy. But you cannot experience any of that unless you learn to give first, save second, and then live on the rest within your means. And a lot of you still don't do it. Now, 
There is another reason I talk about this a lot, and this is just for those of us who consider ourselves Christian. But I believe with all of my heart that it is impossible for you to follow Jesus well if you're not doing what he says to do with your money. I'm going to say that again because, yes, it was as harsh as it sounded, but I'll tell you why in a minute. I believe it is impossible for you to follow Jesus well if you don't give first, save second, and live on the rest. You say, Matt, I can't believe you said that. I totally disagree. Well, you actually don't disagree with me. You disagree with Jesus. The whole reason I said that is because Jesus one day said this. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, let me ask you a question. What does your heavenly father want most from you? He doesn't care about your money. He's doing okay. What he wants most from you is your heart. It's your heart. But Jesus said, where your money goes, your heart follows. So if you don't learn to give, save, and live, if you don't order your financial world around what God instructs you to do, then your money will never go where it needs to go for him to have your heart. I'll say it this way. If you want to know what has your heart, you just follow the trail of your treasure. In other words, this is true for all of us. You just look at where you spend most of your money. And you might be shocked to discover some things. Some of you might be shocked to discover, oh my goodness, I think my family actually controls my heart. And I love my family to death. They're incredible. But it's never healthy for family to control your heart. Matter of fact, if you let family control your heart, it'll end up hurting your family. For some of you, if you looked at it, where all your money goes, you go, well, if this is true, then my heart is chasing hard after my money towards my hobby. And I love my hobby. It's great. There's nothing wrong with my hobby, but I think it's controlling my heart. Or for some of you, if you looked at it, it would just be, it would be a one-lane road, Amazon. That's it. Just a one-lane road, you know? That's where all my money goes, straight down the Amazon road. I don't, I don't know what this looks like for you, but here's, here's, what, I, listen, here's what I know. You need to be very careful about where your money is going. You should be intentional about it because money is so powerful, it drags your heart along behind. Wherever you put your money, it's what you care about. It's where your heart goes. And there is going to come a day, don't miss this, there is going to come a day near the end of your life when you realize all of your stuff, it really doesn't matter that much. There's going to come a point at some, some day down the road where you realize, I don't want my stuff to control my heart anymore. And the reason I know that is because all of us will reach a point where if we were given the option, we would gladly trade in all the stuff we have for more time with the people we love. That's what we will all want to do one day if we could. And that is the moment you will realize it's a terrible waste to let your stuff control your heart. Too many of us don't figure that out until it's too late. Jesus said, nope, you should figure it out now because where your money goes, your heart follows. So be intentional about where your money goes. You don't drift into this. You don't accidentally figure this out. You don't stumble on freedom, joy, and peace. You have to be intentional about discovering it. And the way you do that, God says, is through this very simple plan of give first, save second and live on the rest which just means my wife and i've been doing this for ever since we were married 12 years now okay we're going to pick a percentage of our income and we're always going to give that first before we do anything else we've just made it recurring and automatic so it just goes out as soon as we're paid it goes out 
Now what we do, we, we're going to pick a percentage of our income that we're going to save. We're going to set it aside. It's margin that creates peace. This giving will create generosity. It'll lead to joy. This margin is going to create peace. And it'll lead to happiness. And then with whatever we have left now, we're not living on every dime that comes in. So you know what? we got to come up with a plan for how to live within our means and live on this amount of our income that's left. And so we put together every month a spending plan. Some people call it that nasty word, budget. But that's all it is. It's a spending plan. This is what we're going to do with it. This is where we want to go. And now we're going to pay attention and see if we follow through on the plan or not. This leads to freedom, joy, and peace. Now, one other thing. And I think this is actually why... Some of you, in spite of the fact that I talk about this over and over and over, you actually never do it. I think it's because of a deeper issue, and that is you just have a different perspective than me. That's okay. But let me just tell you why Jen and I are so committed to doing this. Because we are convinced as followers of Jesus that we do not own anything we have. That we are simply managers of it all. That our goods are not our own. They are on loan to us from a good and a generous God. In other words, we don't believe, oh my goodness, well, there's a little part that we're supposed to give, and that's God's. You know, if you grew up in church, well, that's God's. You should give him the tithe, and the rest of it, do whatever. No, no, no. We actually believe everything that's been placed in our hands has been given to us by God to manage. And one day, we are going to stand before God, and we're going to give an account for how we managed everything he gave us. So... Because of that, it just seems like common sense to me to, one, value what the owner values, and number two, follow his plan. Like any good manager, I'm only going to do with this money what the owner of the money tells me to do. And here's what he said to do. Give first, save second. Then live on the rest. If you will do this, it will revolutionize your life. For some of you, this is what would change everything for you. You would find freedom. You would find joy. And you would find peace, and you don't have any of the three right now if you were honest. It's because you're managing money your way, not God's way. So you should jump into this. Now, one more thing, and then I'm going to move on. Okay? Our church, one of the things we want to be known for is generosity. We want people in our community to know, hey, even if we never set foot in those doors, that's an incredibly generous group of people who are for us and care about us. And so we do a lot of things. If you've been around here, you know about some of those. But here's the dirty little secret, okay? The dirty little secret is we are not nearly as generous as we could be as a church. And the reason is because most of you don't do this. We could be, this is not an exaggeration, we could, we could be four times as generous as we are right now. I am convinced that if all of us who just attend this church, forget about all the others, if all of us who just attend this church would do this, we would be able to solve many of the financial challenges in our community. We would be able to resource so many of the nonprofits who are meeting needs. Our impact would be extraordinary. So people are like, oh, your church is so generous. And I'm telling you, some of you are. But behind the scenes, I'm going, no, you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea that there are 75, 80% of people there that if they just get on this plan, oh, then you'd really see what a group of Jesus followers can do. 
with their generosity. So I wish you would do it for you, and I wish you would do it because of the impact we could have. And I wish, and this is a personal wish, okay? This may be a pipe dream, but this, this is what I really wish. I wish we could get to the point where you value this so much, that you value generosity so much, that when people show up here on Sunday, we don't do any offerings. Because all of you care about it so much, you've just gone and set up recurring giving on your own through our app. So we don't even need to pass a bucket. And then people are walking out going, well, I know everything they do, but they don't even do an offering. How in the world do they do that? And we could be like, oh, it's just because we value you and we value generosity so much. We just, we're intentional about it. We don't need to pass a bucket. We just set it up to be automatic. That'd be amazing to go to a church that never did an offering. That is my pipe dream. When we get to that point, I will have arrived, okay? I'll feel so good. So, so we'll, we'll work towards that. We're not going to be there next week, but we'll work towards that. And we'll get there if, if you just start doing this. So for some of you, this is my wish. This is your step you need to take. Okay, the last two I'm going to do fast, so don't, don't sweat it if you're sitting there timing this out, okay? I'm going to let you out in just a second. Here's the next one. I wish you would develop the habit of daily reading your Bible and praying. For some of you, this is the thing that I wish you would do. If we were sitting down talking, this is what I would bring up. Now, let me tell you why. Because this is a habit that leads to transformation. Do you know how relationships work? Relationships grow over time. The more time you spend with someone, the greater the possibility of that relationship becoming more personal. Now, see, some of you have been sitting here listening to me talk about, you know, God tapping on your heart or God, you know, guiding you in this way. And you're thinking, what in the world is he talking about? That has never happened to me. Okay, let me explain why. It's not because God doesn't try to speak to you in different ways. It's just because you've never learned how to recognize his voice. So how do you learn to recognize his voice? Time spent with him. It's like any relationship. If you want to think of it this way. There are some people that you very casually know, but if they were in the next room and you couldn't see them, you would hear their voice, but you wouldn't know who they were. But there are other people you have spent so much time with, you might think they were in an entirely different state. But if they came back to surprise you and you heard them in the next room, you wouldn't have to look. You would immediately know, oh, that's so-and-so. Because you've spent so much time with them, you'd recognize their voice anywhere. Your Heavenly Father is the same way. The more time you spend with Him, the easier it becomes to recognize His voice. And to know, oh yeah, that's Him trying to guide me. So how do you spend time with God? You carve out a little bit of time every day. To read your Bible because He speaks to you sometimes through that. To pray because He speaks to you sometimes through that. But what you're really doing is you're developing a habit that helps you learn to recognize his voice. And if you will start doing that, the first day you will get done and it will feel like nothing happened. And the second day it will feel like nothing happened. And every now and then you might have a little blip. Oh, that was good. But then it'll be right back to I don't know if anything happened. But you get six months down the road with this habit. You get a year down the road. You get five years down the road. Oh, man. You look back and go, there's a lot happening. Because I'm learning to recognize God's voice, and now I'm hearing him speak, and I'm seeing him at work all around me in ways I never saw before. Simply because you're spending time getting to know him. So for some of you, I would love it if you just open up the app store on your phone. Put in the word Bible, hit go, and the Bible app will pop up and download that thing, and it is all free. You got all the versions for free. Pick one that you love to read. Pick one that's easy to understand. Pick a plan. 
so you don't have to figure out what to read. It's all right there in the app. And then just take 10 minutes or maybe 15 minutes every day and say, I'm just going to make this a habit. I'm going to read. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read. I'm going to pray. Because in the long run, this is going to help me experience God in a more personal way. Now, my final wish is for those of you, I'm always impressed by you. You're here, but you're losing faith. Or you're here, but you're exploring faith or trying to figure it out. Or you had a bad experience and now you're coming back going, maybe there's something to it. Or you're here and you're skeptical and you got all these doubts. But I'm so impressed because you're here. And my final wish would be for you. And it would simply be this. I wish you would seriously explore who Jesus is and what he did for you. Now, here's why I say that. Because, because, if Jesus is who he said he is, he claimed to be God in human flesh. That's a pretty big claim. If Jesus is who he said he is, and if he did what he said he did, died for your sins and rose again, if that is true, it is a game changer. It changes everything for you. Now, if that is not true, we're all wasting our time being here, and you, once you figure out it's not true, you don't need to come to church anymore, unless maybe it's motivational or helpful in some way. But if it is true, it changes everything for all of us. And some of you are trying to explore, but you're really hesitant. You're dodging the hard questions. So you're holding on to, well, you know, I, I believe in Jesus or God, I mean, and that, that's all helpful and that's good. But I got a lot of questions about this, but you're never, not really digging in doing what it takes to explore it. I just wish you would seriously explore. You owe it to yourself, too, because there's too much that rides on this. Because Jesus said that this makes a world of difference in this life. And Jesus said everybody lives forever somewhere in eternity. So you better figure it out. If he was wrong, fine, then you know. But if he was right, it changes everything. And so for you, it may be sitting down, having a conversation with a friend who's a Christian, going, okay, here's where I am, and I don't even know what to do with these questions. But tell me what you think. That may be what Explore looks like for you. Or it may be to sign up for a starting point group. We have these groups where we put those of you who are new to faith, exploring faith, maybe you're losing faith, we put you all in a room together and we just help you process all the questions and doubts you have. And you need to get serious enough to go, I'm going to jump in that. We got a group starting in a couple weeks. You can stop by the suite up there and ask for Ben. He'll tell you all about what starting point's like. But you need to seriously explore. Now, the last thing I'll say is this. I also want you to know that you are the reason we started this church. It wasn't just for those of us who are Christians. As a matter of fact, this will not come as a surprise. The seven of us who started this church all had churches we were going to. We didn't need another church for us. But here was our problem. We had friends like you who didn't feel like there was a place they could go and explore, and it was okay. A place they could go and express their doubts and say, well, I'm not sure about, and I don't believe, and I got a problem with that, and everybody was good with that. So we thought, I think we can create a church yeah, helps all of us Christians grow in our faith, but it's a safe place for all of our friends to come and explore to. And that's all we've been trying to do for 14 years, and that'll never change. That's our mission. It is why I ask the people who attend here to invite, to serve, to give, and to connect. It's all about you. It's all for you. So you have found a group of people that you can explore with, but you need to take the step to seriously explore so those are the five wishes if we were just sitting down probably one of those five would come up in a conversation with you and I'm sure all of them don't apply but my guess is one of them has hit home today 
It's probably the one that created the most fear or the most resistance the minute I said it. That internal response in you going, oh, no, 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 I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to go there. Listen, whichever one created the strongest emotional response in you, that is the one you need to do. It will do you no good to sit in a row and listen to me talk about this and leave. You need to apply it. Transformation comes from application. So my challenge to you is pick one and walk out and do it because it's how you grow. It's how God becomes personal to you. And that is what I wish most for you. Let me pray for us. Father, would you give us enough boldness to do that thing that scares us to death, to do that thing that, oh, we just, we resist, we don't want to do because we know what it'll cost us. God, would you help us not to dodge it anymore, but instead to at least be willing to explore and to step out of our comfort zone into the unknown and follow you and just see if you're trustworthy because we'll never know unless we go. And in the process of doing that, Father, would you make yourself so personal to us as our little bitty faith intersects with you and your faithfulness. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.